Hello and welcome everyone. This is the voice of Emily Perkins. I'm a member of Looking Castle Church and with me is the great and the good, the reverend Andy <laughs> Oh dear, it gets worse every time. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how many ridiculous introductions I can do for this. Um, it's only going to get more exciting and more impressive. Um, if you've listened to our Genesis and our John episodes, then welcome back. If you've never listened to us mm. before, welcome, welcome. We are reading the book in t- book of the Bible in two years as a church. Yeah. Um, and as part of our resources for you, we are doing these short episodes um, of the podcast to give you a bit of an understanding of what these books are going to entail. So you're not going in completely blind. Yeah. We are talking today about Exodus. Exodus is the second book of the Old Testament. So that's mm-hmm. the second book of the Bible overall. Um, and if you've listened to our Genesis episode, you'll know a few of these bits, but hopefully this is a refresher. Um, and if you didn't listen to it, then that's totally fine. Welcome anyway. Um, this will be new to you. So who wrote Exodus? Great question. According to tradition, yeah. that is Moses. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're going to meet Moses in Exodus. So it all ties in rather beautifully. Um, Moses, well, that's when we first meet him, isn't it? Really? That's when we first meet him. Yeah, yeah, a bit of an introduction. He has a hard time, Moses. I do feel sorry for him. Uh, Moses is at this point the leader of the Israelites. That's God's mm. chosen people. And they are, at the time of writing, we're pretty sure, uh, about to enter the promised land. That's Canaan. That's the land that God has chosen and put aside for them. Um, and I think it's fair to say at this point, the Israelites have had a rocky time with God. Um, they've had some difficulties. Some of that is entirely mm. of their own making. And some of that is really unfortunate and sad consequences of the world. So they've been in slavery. Mm. They've not had their own freedom. They've not had the ability to go where they want and do what they please. And so as the Israelites are about to enter the promised land and all the richness and fullness that God has planned for them, it's really important for them to know where they've come from and how mm. they got here. And, and you see a little bit of that in Genesis in a broader yeah. sense about how the world got here. Mm. But in Exodus, it's very much about, okay, what are we doing here in a desert about to enter a land that mm. God has promised us? Mm. We think, and again, big caveats, we think this was written around 1400 BC. So that's 1,400 years before Jesus. But that's when we have the earliest evidence of Exodus being written down. In Moses' time, most things weren't written down because most people couldn't read and write. Mm -hmm. So at this point, they have what's called an oral tradition, i.e. they would tell each other verbally. People would memorise it. Um, I don't know if you've ever done this, Addy. Have you ever memorised Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy? Not not particularly. Um, yeah, uh, I know that's um, yeah part of the the, the Jewish um, uh, education system is to mm. uh, memorise the, but it's not something I've ever done. And but mm. so, how good is the oral tradition? How 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 can we make sure that that story which is passed down? How is it maintained? Um, Great question, Andy. I'm going to give you two answers, but there's right. going to be other answers. I'm not the be all and end all when it comes to Jewish history. So, number one, you're right. Mm-hmm. Every single Jewish child was taught to memorize those first five books of the Bible, mm-hmm. their first five books of the Jewish Torah, Genesis, mm-hmm. yeah, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, before they turned eight. And note, people, wow. that's girls and boys. 
So this was very much a gender neutral mm. approach to education. It was expected that every Jewish person in the whole nation would have these five books memorized on their hearts. And the idea is that that becomes a way wow. of life if you know it so deep down. Mm. And the idea that God's word would be memorized incorrectly was completely alien. So these right. children would be regimentally taught this. And it mm -hmm. wouldn't even occur to anyone to change a word here and there or extrapolate a bit here or make the story more exciting here. Uh, to be honest, if you've read Exodus, it's already quite a dramatic story. It doesn't need. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but the, so that's how we know the oral tradition is really strong. Only children who had an absolute ability to memorize this without difficulty. That we think, scholars reckon, the top 0.5%. Right would then go on to memorize the rest of the Old Testament. Wow. And you'd have to do that before you were 13. Mm. Now, that's a lot of book. It, it is that's a, a, lot, a of lot of book. A now, the reason book. we can trust the written down versions is slightly different. Um, and I'm going to go forward in time about 1500 years to Jesus's time um, mm. which is when we have what we call the Dead Sea Scrolls so the Dead Sea Scrolls right. were scrolls found in the Dead Sea they sound really dramatic I promise you they're not they're just <laughs> scrolls found by the Dead Sea um, and we have as part of the Dead Sea Scrolls records of how the Dead Sea Scrolls were written which is super convenient for historians and archaeologists yes. and this is essentially what would happen and I am paraphrasing there are Big academic texts written about this, so please mm -hmm. don't take this as exact gospel. You would have one person sitting and looking at a previous version of the scroll. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they would speak out one word. So if we go back to Genesis, in the beginning, they would say in. And someone would be standing behind them, looking over their shoulders, and they would check that the word they said was the right one off the page. And they'd say, yes, in. Next door to them at another table, wow. the scribe would write in and someone would look over their shoulder and check sure they, they wrote. That. And that's how, how long do you think it would take to write out just Exodus Oof. using that method? It would take a good couple of years because there's a lot of book even it, in Exodus. So it would, it would take a while. And I think we sometimes underestimate the devotion that the Jewish culture has to the written word at all, let alone the holy word of God. And so yes. when Jesus says, I am the word, hmm. people get a little upset. <laughs> Put it <Really>? mildly. <laughs> so when we read Exodus, it's a story of slavery and injustice and rebellion and miracles and plagues. It can read as though it's a little bit like someone's had an extra glass of wine at Christmas and going, and then, but actually <laughs> the reverence that people had for these, this history hmm. was really, really powerful. So we, I think we can trust it. For more well, information, yeah. there are much better academics than me. <laughs> and also because the stories was uh, told in a community, mm. if someone did go off, beam a little bit the elders and the other people go oh no no that's not right mm -hmm. so it, they would correct each other Absolutely. we're making sure the integrity of that story was kept and didn't change as they passed it on to the next generations Completely. so it's really is a quite amazing how oral tradition actually does work it's not it's like chinese whispers yeah no it's, it's very much the opposite because yes. people had this respect for the accuracy of the story yes 
And I think, you know, when people 1400 years ago would be speaking or reading about the Exodus book, they'd notice the same sorts of things that we do because mm. it's very cleverly written. So just to pick on a few, God has a plan. Right. It might not be one we understand. It might not be one that makes a huge amount of sense to us. But God has a plan. And so actually the journey may be difficult and complicated and sometimes nonsensical. And it may very much feel like you're going around in circles. But which God they has, did. Which they did. I've <laughs> <laughs> seen that tree before. Um, but it's, it, God has a plan. Mm. I think the second big theme of Exodus is that God requires holiness. And it will not surprise you. This is the, not the last time we're going to see this theme in the Bible. Holiness, the word holy literally meant set apart, being different from others. And the Israelites were called by God to be set apart, to be different from all the different cultures and all the different people they interacted with. And thirdly, God completes and fulfills his promises. It's not going to be in ways we expect. And it is most certainly not going to be on our timelines. But mm. well, no matter what happens, God's promises are always true and they are always good. And they always are fulfilled. Hmm. Now, it doesn't mean there aren't challenges in this book. And I think there are two big challenges that I find. And I think mm -hmm. based on my internet searches, a lot of people find confusing. In Exodus, you see that God destroys as part of his plan, just as much as he heals and protects. And that is really hard. We think of God as being very loving and mm -hmm. very gentle. And he is. Yeah. But he also requires justice and justice can mean what we look at and see as punishment and that's quite yes. difficult to read especially in the plagues that are sent on egypt or some of the punishments for going against god's will in the desert you know quite a mm. lot of murder arguably if you're looking at it in, in one light and i think the second challenge that we see is that god hardens hearts as well as people hardening their heart towards god we see that in pharaoh oh, yes. and that can really challenge our idea of mercy and justice at the same time and and i think what's important to note as you read through exodus and we do encourage you read through with us as a church read through as a with a family as a life group hmm. there are things here that naturally rub against our idea of god and god can be more than one thing he is so much bigger than our human understanding. So no, much he more. can't be. He can't. Well, I thought we could put God in a uh, box and that he will stay quite nicely in that box, and we could just open up and have a look and make sure. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, unfortunately, not. Unfortunately, not. And it would be easier, <laughs> wouldn't it? It would be so much easier if we could just have one idea of God and he just stick to that. But God is so much bigger. Well, multifaceted and. Uh, I, I think that there's almost safety in the concept that God is bigger than our uh, kind of just our own understanding and how we can, you know, kind of mold into our own image. He is so much bigger and wider than that. Yeah. So as you read through Exodus and you go on the journey with the Israelites, because it is quite a journey, it may go around in circles, but they're doing an awful lot during that time. Uh, over 40 odd years, yeah. yeah. 40 odd years, <laughs> give or take. Have, you know, really be keeping in mind those big themes. God has a plan, he is holy, and he completes and fulfills his promises, but there are challenges. God's mercy and justice may look different to how we might expect them to look, and yes. God's encounter with hearts may look different. 
So enjoy Exodus. If you have any questions, as usual, bring them to church. We love to see you on Sunday or in the week. Uh, we are lots and lots of different ways to get involved uh, and enjoy. Yes, excellent. Thank you. Thank you, Emily. <laughs>